Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We're thrilled you've joined us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series on the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians is a letter from the Apostle Paul to his favorite church. Yes, pastors do have favorite churches, and Pastor Paul absolutely loved the believers at Philippi. In most letters, Paul offered lots of course correction. At Philippi, he offered none. Instead, he spoke to them with great affection about their impact and maturity in Christ. No other book in the Bible has more memorable and life-changing verses than Philippians. In this series, Dr. Benji Kelly leads his favorite church through memorizing these power-packed verses and maturing in Christ. Some of you can breathe now. They tell you in homiletics courses in seminary that the first word of a message, or at least the first few words of a message, are the most important. And I wanted to start this message with the name of Jesus. Some of you might not be good at even saying that name. Jesus. Jesus. Why don't you try it with me? Jesus. At all of our campuses. Jesus. One more time really loud. Jesus. There's, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. It's why I've made it my life ambition to be a name dropper. Most, most of us don't like name droppers, do we? But I stopped by to let you know that there is one name worth always dropping. His name is Jesus. I want to talk to you today about the name of Jesus. Have you ever seriously pondered the power that is found in his name? Have you ever seriously just reflected on what his name holds for you, for me, for actually the world? In our passage today, which I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to, it's in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. If you got your Bibles open, I hear all the pages turning. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, let me get a strong, not amen, but Jesus from you. Jesus. Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus 
who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, what is it, church? Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Everybody say therefore. 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 God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The main reason I wanted to start up high today was to make a very visual point to you. Philippians 2 reminds us that Jesus, Jesus reached his position of authority. Jesus reached his position of power, not by upward mobility, but by downward mobility. Leaving the very throne room of heaven, entering into a sin scarred, dark world. It was downward mobility. I want to talk to you about exactly what that downward mobility looks like today. I want to invite you to bow today before the name of Jesus. Because the Bible says that every single person will bow before the name of Jesus. Did you hear that in the text? So you're going to bow to him. Why not make it today? The Bible says that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. How many tongues? Every tongue. What that means is every single person that has ever sucked oxygen on planet earth. And every single person who will ever be born on planet earth. Will. Bow. For the name of Jesus. And every tongue will confess He is Lord. So I wonder today 
if across all of our campuses, every person who considers him or herself a new hope or, or every person who might just be at one of our campuses or here at Central for the very first time will bow their hearts, will bow their minds, will confess with their tongue that Jesus Christ, listen church, is Lord. Because you will bow. One day, you will bow. And one day, you will confess. The question that becomes the question for every living, breathing human being is will you do that on your time, on your choice? Or will you do that when you face judgment before a righteous and holy God? And the way in which Jesus went about this, Philippians 2 explains so powerfully. And by the way, the scholars tell us this was an early Christ hymn in the church. They sang this passage. It was all about downward mobility that resulted in eternal exaltation. Did you get it in verse 6? Let's read it out loud together in Philippians 2 verse 6. Who being in the very nature God, good job, let's go, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a, taking the very nature of a what? Being made in human likeness, he took the nature of a servant. Pick out your teaching notes and write down some things with me today about the downward mobility of Jesus. You see, we have a tendency to always think in terms of upward mobility. Is my earning power increasing? Is my job increasing? Is my happiness increasing? We love to think about upward mobility. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But the truth is, Christianity teaches that first you must experience downward mobility. In fact, Paul is echoing Jesus' words in Mark 10, 45, when Jesus said, I have come not to be served, but to what? Jesus' whole life was a service mission. Jesus was a servant. And Paul is saying to his beloved church in Philippi, and I'm saying to this beloved church, the way to experience ultimate happiness, the way to experience ultimate thrill in life, the way to experience abundant life is to think about self less and think about others, to actually serve others. Many, many years ago now, two men walked into a church service. The church service was so crowded that they couldn't even find a seat, and so they turned to walk out of the service. When all of a sudden an usher grabbed the two men and said, no, 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 please don't leave. I will find you a place to sit. And so he ushered those two men back into the sanctuary where they sat down. The preacher got up and preached the gospel, gave an invitation to accept Christ. They both accepted Christ. One of those men was named Billy Graham. 
who has led literally millions of people to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, everybody knows the name of Billy Graham. But very few people know the name of that usher who just offered service in the name of Christ. Do you think that usher is going to get any credit in heaven? Yes. Absolutely he will get credit. We have no idea of the significance of small acts of service. So never, ever, ever belittle the little because it's all important. Real servants do every task with equal dedication because, listen, they know that it all matters. It doesn't matter if you're doing something important that is well known and everybody knows your name. Or if you're doing something that's important but nobody knows your name. It's all important. Write this down. Don't mistake anonymous with insignificant. Don't mistake anonymous with insignificant or even unnecessary. Just because it's not known doesn't mean it's unnecessary. Let me give you a little quiz. Everybody's back in school, right? Quiz, quiz, quiz time. Do you, name, do you know the name of the person that helped you find a parking spot this morning? Do you know the name of the usher or greeter that stood at the door and opened the door for you? Do you know the name of the person who's teaching your children in Hopetown right now? At any of our campuses, do you know the name of the person or persons who is changing the diapers of your loved one? Now that's a significant act of service. Can I get an amen? Do you know the name of the people who restocked the restroom this week for you? Do you know the name of the people who stuffed the bulletins that you're holding and taking notes in right now? Do you know the people who are investing in our students at all of our campuses? Do you know the names of the persons who came into our worship centers this week and cleaned them all like they do every week and stuffed the chair pockets. We should thank God for every single one of them because they're living out service in the footsteps of Jesus. Why don't we thank them right now? Because it's them and so many more. of service in Jesus' name actually changed the world. And it's why Paul said, follow his example, emulate him. Here's the second thing. Here's the second downward mobility action that Jesus demonstrated for us in HD quality. It is humility. Humility. If we think about Jesus as a baby, if we think about Jesus just from, listen, Christmas 2,000 years and forward, if that's all we think about when we think about Jesus, I want to let you know that we miss something very, very important. We miss the humility that it took for the Son of God to actually leave the throne room of heaven to come on a life-saving, downward mobility mission to save you and to save me and to save the world. 
We have to kind of get theological for just a moment, and I need to remind you that Jesus Christ has always existed. Jesus Christ just didn't, bam, arrive on the scene 2,000 years ago. The Bible is very, very clear about this. In fact, you can go all the way back to Genesis. And when Genesis talks about the creation story, Genesis says that God says, let us. Have you ever noticed that in Genesis? Let us create mankind in our image. What is up with the plurality? It's the triune God all the way back there in Genesis. Let us. Jesus has always existed. Infinity past. And Jesus' name will always exist infinity into the future. Paul would pick up on this in Colossians. He wants to make sure we fully understand this. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Why don't we read it out loud together really strong. Ready? Go. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created in heaven and on earth. Now freeze it right there for just a moment. The Son, this is Jesus, is what? The image of the invisible God. Now that next word is very, very key. The what? Firstborn over all creation. For in Him All things were created. Let's go to the next slide. Watch this. Visible and invisible. Good job. Continue with me. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Let's continue. He is. He is what? Jesus. We're talking about Jesus. He is before all things and in him all things. Things hold together. Now, now let your mind just try to wrestle that to the ground. When you think about Jesus, don't just think from 2,000 years ago forward. He's always existed. He was the firstborn over all creation. He created all things. He holds all things together. Now watch this. Here's here's the point I'm trying to make. Now think about the humility that it took for Jesus who has always existed. The firstborn over all creation. Think about the humility it took for him to leave all of that. And come on a life-saving, sin-forgiving mission of downward Mobility. And Paul says, emulate that humility. Follow that humility. And humility, if you're taking notes, you want to write this down. Um, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking of yourself less. When you stop to think about it, Humility really is connected with service. Back to verse 8. We just keep driving back to this one verse. Verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Jesus. Modeled for you and he modeled for me. Obedience. Obedience. 
Again, wrap your mind around this for a moment. Jesus could have said no. Have you ever thought about that? The Father laid out the plan for Jesus. You are to go to planet earth. You are to leave the throne room of heaven. They are going to spit on you. They are going to beat you. They are going to mock you. They are going to kill you. They will betray you. And Jesus, who is God, could have said no. Like, he could have said, hey, Dad, Father, (laughs) good idea. Not down with that. Parents, you know children sometimes try to get away with that, don't they? Oh, yeah. But he was obedient. You got to remember, Jesus and the Father are co-equal. If you, if you throw the Holy Spirit in there, which we should, our God is a triune God. Amen? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They are, they're tri-equal, if you will. Jesus could have said no. But he was obedient. Philippians 2 said he was obedient even to death on a cross. And Paul says, if you're going to follow him... Live into that obedience. If you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to be a Christ follower, you should emulate a life of service, emulate humility, emulate obedience. Listen to his word and follow him. I've had the privilege of being in the Holy Land multiple times. And when you go to the Holy Land, you will actually see scenes there today just like the scenes Jesus saw. Some things never change. And for some of you who went with me, you remember this, this scene here. You will see Bedouin on the mountainside with herds of sheep, right? And what's very fascinating, I'll never forget the first time I saw this, multiple Bedouin would be there with multiple herds of sheep, and they would spend the afternoon together, and the sheep would actually intermingle. Your herd with his herd. And the shepherds really didn't get upset about this. I'm thinking, dude, you're going to miss your sheep. I'm thinking Luke 15, you know, what if one gets away? You got to go get them. And they don't worry about that. You know why? Because when it's time to return to their place of rest for the night, the Bedouin make certain noises. And check this out. The sheep know the voice of their shepherd and they follow that shepherd. So at, at, you know, at dusk, everything's falling. You know, it's getting dark, getting late. They make their noises. And you see the sheep who have been intermingled together. They just separate and they follow their shepherd. And Jesus, listen. Jesus said this in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. What? And they follow me. Now, there's one more word that I'm going to talk to you about today before I make the big, therefore, transition. Jesus modeled service, downward mobility. He modeled humility, obedience, even obedience to death on a cross. Listen, church, you know what that means? That means exactly what it sounds like. That means lights out. That means corpse. 
funeral, grieving, crying, sadness, darkness, flatline, death. And then, oh, I've been been so excited about getting to this point in the message all day. Then, the passage turns. And the Bible says, because of all of this, because of the service of Christ and the humility of Christ and the obedience of Christ, obedience even to death, the Bible says, therefore, say it with me, therefore, again, therefore, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Where? Where? Everywhere. Everywhere. In heaven and on earth. And it's as if Paul is trying to say, I'm going to make sure I get everything and under the earth. And every tongue confess. Jesus Christ is what, church? Lord to the glory of God the Father. He exalted him. Jesus said, yes, downward mobility. Left the warm blanket of heaven, if you will, to enter into the cold, sin-scarred world known as planet Earth. Father, therefore... Exalted him to the highest place. Gave him the name that is above all names. The name of Jesus. Can we grapple with, can we grasp today the power that is in the name of Jesus? Say his name with me one more time. Jesus. One more time. Jesus. I'm going to keep saying one more time. Jesus. As long as I say one more time, it's one more time, right? I'm not saying the last time. One more time. Jesus. In Exodus 3, you know the story. Moses is having this conversation with, with God and there's the burning bush and God answers Moses, I am who I am. That was, the, that was the wrestle in the Old Testament. They were trying to figure out the name of God, Yahweh. And Yahweh said, I am who I am. Jesus comes along and uses some of that same terminology when he says, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. In John 8, Jesus says this. Don't miss this because this is, Jesus is letting us know right now what his name is. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was born, I am. Do you, do you see it? Jesus is the great I am. Listen to me, church. It's all about his name. It's like, it's like keys. 
If I gave you the keys to my car, you would be able to access my car. If I told you to just go sit in my car, but I didn't give you the keys, you could access my car, but you couldn't tap into the power of the car. And it's an old car. It doesn't have much power. Don't get the wrong idea. But the name of Jesus gives us power, listen, and authority. And authority is the right to do something. Don't miss this. If you're taking notes, write this down. I don't think this is in your notes. Authority is the right to do something. Power is the ability to do something. So the keys give you the power. But authority trumps power every time. And Jesus, listen, is your authority. I want to say it again. Authority is the right to do something. Power is the ability to do something. Authority, though, trumps power every time. And Jesus is our authority. The name of Jesus. Can I talk to you today in closing about two things you must know about the name of Jesus? The downward mobility that he exuded that Paul says we are to emulate resulted in God the Father exalting him above all names. And there are two things you must know about that name. The name of Jesus, listen, saves. The name of Jesus saves. There is no other name by which we must be saved. Again, it's why I'm unashamedly a name dropper. And I'm asking you today to leave here. And I hope that you will be from this day forward. Listen to me. Unashamedly a name dropper. Dropping the name of Jesus. Some of you go to church. You've been in church a long time. Some of you might even be a member of this church. But you hardly ever, if ever, say the name of Jesus. How about today you become a name dropper? You know why? Because there's only one name that saves. The Bible says this in Acts 4.12. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be, what? Saved. Romans 10.9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be what? Saved. I said it in the beginning and it is really worth saying again. Every single person. The most hard hearted person you can think of right now. The person who is farthest from God that you can think of right now. Will bow one day. At the name of Jesus. And one day, we'll have to confess that He is Lord. Why not do that today? Here's the second thing I would say to you about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus heals. The name of Jesus heals. If it looks like I am wrestling with this microphone, it is because I am. About to rip it out. Get a handheld microphone. Go old school. 
The name of Jesus heals. I think we've kind of forgotten about that in many circles, haven't we? I said there's healing power in the name of Jesus, church. Jesus still heals and we call down healing not on our own authority but solely on the authority of Jesus. He is a healing God. And in our post-modernity, in our scientific era, we tend to put the healing power of God on the back burner and put everything on man. And I stop by to let you know, absolutely not. Jesus is a healing God. He still heals. Oh, you go ahead and flip there. Go to Acts chapter 3. And in Acts chapter 3 and 4, we're not going to read the whole passage, but I'm just going to tell you about it. Peter. Peter's walking along. Do you remember the story? And he comes along this lame beggar. And the beggar asked Peter... To give him something. A little change, a little money, right? We know what this is like. We see it at almost every intersection in this area, right? Give me a little something, something. Right? And Peter says, Silver and gold, not I have. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to walk. And he gets up and walks. In the name of who? In the name of Jesus. Silver and gold do I not have. But in the name of Jesus. Get up. Now, the Sanhedrin hear about this. The religious people hear about this. And they're like, whoa, we thought Jesus was dead. People are getting healed. So they call. They call Peter in. And they they gather Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. And in Acts chapter 4, 7 through 12, look at what the Bible says. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, I love this, filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was, what's the word, church? How he was healed... Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you, in your face, in whom you crucified, but whom God did what? Raised from the dead that this man stands before you. Healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He keeps getting in their face. Which has become what? Cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He's still a healer. Yes, he uses science. Yes, he uses doctors and nurses. And yes, sometimes he heals and sometimes he doesn't. But make no mistake about it, Jesus Christ is still a healer. 
want to tell you a little story. It happened in our rotunda. This person, I'm not, I'm not going to say any names, but this person approached another person in the rotunda here at Central Campus, for those of you that are the campuses, and grabbed this person in a kind of aggressive kind of way and said, I have cancer. I want you to pray for me. And it freaked the person out. It freaked the person out. But the person caught, if you will, between a rock and a hard place, prayed for the person. Didn't want to. Was scared to. Prayed in the name of Jesus for the person. And weeks later, the person came back from the hospital and said the doctors and the nurses were dumbfounded because the cancer was gone. It's in the authority, listen, of Jesus. You have to use the keys. And when you take the keys, you can take no credit for it. We are using someone else's keys. The keys just give me access to the healing. I can't heal. I can't deliver. I can't restore. But Jesus can. He is a healing God. And I trust the campuses are receiving this. Where do you need to be healed? Medically, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Listen, when you come to church, the devil doesn't really care. But when you mention the name of Jesus, Satan and all the forces of darkness tremble. At the name of Jesus. There is. No other name. He is the name. Above. All names. We are called. To call. On the name of Jesus. Because there's power. In his name. Power to save. Power to heal. There is no other name. In heaven. On earth and under earth. Like the name. Of Jesus. Jesus is the first. And the last church. Jesus is the beginning. And the end. Jesus is the keeper of creation. And the creator of us all. Come on church. Jesus is the architect of the universe. And the manager of all times. Jesus always was, Jesus always is, and Jesus will always be. He is unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, and never undone. Jesus was bruised and brought healing. Jesus was pierced and eased my pain. Jesus was persecuted and brought freedom. Jesus was dead and brought life. Jesus is risen and brings power. The world can't understand Jesus. The armies can't defeat Jesus. The schools can't explain Jesus. And the leaders can't ignore Jesus. Herod couldn't kill him. Come on, church. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the people couldn't hold him. Nero 
couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age, come on, can't replace him. He is light. He is love. He is longevity. And he is Lord. He is goodness, kindness. Come on, church. He is goodness, kindness, gentleness. He is holy, righteous, powerful, pure. His ways are right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is on me and it is on you. He is my redeemer and my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. Come on, church. He is Lord and he rules the earth. I serve him because his bond is love, his burden is light, and his goal for you and his goal for me is abundant life. I will follow him because he is. He is the wisdom of the wise. He is the power of the powerful. He is the ancient of all days. He is the ruler of all rulers, the leader of all leaders, the overseer of all overcomers. His goal is relationship with you and with me. He will never leave you. Jesus, listen, will never forsake you. Jesus will never mislead you. Jesus will never forget me. He will never overlook me. He will never cancel my appointment in his appointment book. When I fall, come on, church, he lifts me up. When I fail, come on, he forgives me. When I'm weak, Jesus is strong. When I'm afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, oh, thank you, God. He mends me. When I'm blind, he leads me. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials and you face trials, he is with you. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he carries me. He is everything for everybody, everywhere, every time, in every way. He is high and exalted and lifted up the name Above all names, Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. And that is why I will always and forever unashamedly be a name dropper and drop the name of Jesus. Let the church say amen. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We pray in your name because there is no other name to pray to. We pray in your name because there is the power for salvation and healing, authority and access. Jesus, say it with me. Jesus, Jesus, there's no other name. Say it with me like Jesus, we bow before you, Jesus. We choose to bow before you now. So that when we see you face to face, we will have already bowed. We will have already confessed.
your name all our days. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for all that you're going to do for us. Thank you, Jesus. As a church, with all voices unified at all of our campuses, we bow. We bow, Jesus, to you. And as a church of movement across the Carolinas and beyond, we confess you, Jesus, just by saying your name together. Jesus. Say it with me, church, all of our campuses. Jesus. Again, Jesus. Again, Jesus. From this day forward, Lord God, let all of us unashamedly be a name dropper. Drop in the name of Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen. And amen. And amen. We love you at all of our campuses. The worship teams are going to come out at all of those sites and here at Central as well. Keep lifting today and every day the name of Jesus. We love you guys. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the top of our homepage. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.